You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. If you turn on the TV or radio today, chances are you'll hear the news. The latest on what's happening around the world. Sadly, it mostly seems bad. It's a powerful word. Hope is looking forward to something with confidence that it will happen. Desiring something good with an expectation of obtaining it.
Messiah is supposed to be born. In Bethlehem and Judah, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you, who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. After this in interview with the wise men, went through went their, after this interview, the wise men went their way. And the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. Child was. When they saw the star, they, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in the dream not to return to Herod. You guys can be seated, and I want you to turn your attention to the screen for about a one-minute video we're going to watch right here. Go ahead and play. As humans, we place a great importance on our identity, on what defines us as people, but too often we have such a low self-esteem that we begin to feel worthless and insignificant, never to amount to anything. Life can seem hopeless, the law is closing in on us. We keep searching, searching for something in which we can find our identity. Unfortunately, too often we place our hope and trust in people and objects that were never meant to give us a meaning or a purpose. Those feelings of insignificance are filled afresh as we struggle to find some reason to live. When the things of this world let us down, some will turn to themselves for the identity they so desperately need. They push, they work, but no matter how much time and energy they spend, too often their efforts are for nothing. Their identity then becomes a failure, a letdown, meaningless and unimportant. We feel alone, abandoned, deserted, forsaken. Sometimes it can seem like there is no hope. But when we place our lives and our identity in Christ, the one who knew us even before we were born, he gives us a new identity. We are adopted children of God. We are more than conquerors. God's perfect workmanship, a new creation, holy and blameless. And the best part still remains. Through his sacrifice on the cross, this ultimate display of love, we can know that no matter what we have or will do, we will always be loved by the God of the universe. Identity. Sometimes there's this feeling in our identity of there's no hope. We hope that in this journey that's called life that we're all on, that we're following the right sources, that we're following the right, listening to the right voices, that we're looking to the right places to shed light on 
to give us the information that we need to progress on this journey. So where are some of those places that, that, that people look for for enlightenment or an understanding about life? Where do they look for those kind of show me the way? They look on the internet. Like you just Google it, right? How do I know what I'm supposed to do? Just Google that. Siri, what am I supposed to do with my life, right? <laughs> Good. What else? What are some other things that people look for for enlightenment or understanding? Their parents, that's right, that, absolutely, definitely. What else? Some people look to drugs. Okay, some people look to drugs, for sure. They, they feel like that's, that'll help open your mind and you can get more enlightenment than that. See, I know about all that, so. <laughs> not, not currently, you know what I'm saying? In the past, in the past. Lord help me. All right, yes sir? Your spouse, yes. Yes, absolutely. Once you get married, you have your significant other that you, you depend on a lot, and you expect them to kind of show some light on some situations, which is good because that does happen. Um, that also happens you know, even before you have a spouse. I mean, you can be having a tight relationship. It may be a dating relationship, or it might be with like a brother or sister, right? Like, like somebody that's really close to you that you might get some enlightenment from them or some understanding. Any place else you guys can let's like come up with, like in our culture where people look for enlightenment, understanding? Some people look for it in like, like celebrities, like people who yes. have a, a screen. Right, yeah, if they're a celebrity, absolutely. YouTube, yeah, yeah, YouTube, just find whatever, like that, that little video we just watched, we found that on YouTube. That's about a six-year-old video, but it still speaks, right? What are you gonna say something? Okay. Right. So people look look for like all kinds of books, and sometimes it may be like the Bible. They may look in other religious texts, other what's called other holy books, or maybe just in writings of of whoever. Right. They just read books and they get inspired or find light from that. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the real question now is, is what about you? <laughs> like, where do you seek enlightenment and understanding for life? Because we find it probably in all these different things we just talked about. We can find God speaking to us. But the key is, like, where is the true light coming from? And we're going to get into that this morning as we begin again. This is the first Sunday of Advent. Advent is... Uh, it means arrival, the, that word advent. It's, it's, it means arrival. Uh, it's the season where followers of Jesus for, for thousands of years now have commemorated the coming of the Christ child. And it's the season of, uh, of you just, there, there's, you celebrate daily the baby Jesus born in the manger. Uh, you, 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 you anticipate he's gonna, his arrival, he's going to return again. Jesus is coming again. And there's this, this season of Advent. It's also about anticipating that arrival when he comes again. But it's also about like now. Like he's arriving now in our lives. He is showing up in, in our lives. Moment by moment he arrives. This is the Advent of hope that Jesus is with us. So today we, we didn't light the candle of hope because again, we, we meet in a movie theater, and we're not going to light fires in here and stuff. Um, it's not really part of our lease to come in here and light up candles and stuff. But, but we have it. We had on the screen a little light thing, and you guys read the, 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 the reading. Thank you so much for that. The candle of hope. And when Jesus arrives, hope arrives. That's like our, that's like our thought for this entire month. When Jesus arrives, hope arrives. So this is why this is our advent of hope. And today as we read... Uh, in Matthew chapter 2, we're going to dig a little deeper in there. So if you have a Bible, I invite you to turn there. If you haven't yet, Matthew 2, where we have the story of the Magi, the wise men. They came to visit Jesus. 
And they've been labeled wise men because they were prophets of, probably prophets of an ancient religion. And the most likely this religion was called Zoroastrianism. Zoroastrianism was a religion based on the teachings of an ancient Iranian prophet and poet named Zoroaster. And the, a big part of their whole philosophy of life and their religion was had to do with the stars. And it was astrology was a big part of that. They would look to the stars for enlightenment and direction and understanding about things that happen here on planet Earth. So that was a big part of who they were. So the Zoroastrianism, probably the wise men were, were following that religion because it was so based on astrology. So they would find some of the writings in ancient Hebrew scripture, which we call the Old Testament, pretty interesting because stars are mentioned quite a bit in there. And there's one specific passage that most scholars say they probably were focused on this one when they were looking at this star that they were following that came to Bethlehem. It's in Leviticus I mean, I'm sorry, Numbers, Numbers 24, 17. And it said it was, it's considered a prophecy of a future king of Israel or future king of the Hebrew people. Um, many people say, well, that's a prophecy of the Messiah. It says, I see him, but not here and now. I perceive him, but far in the distant future. Now, this is written several thousand years before Christ was born. A star will rise from Jacob. A scepter will emerge from Israel. It will crush the heads of Moab's people, cracking the skulls of the people of Sheth. So we can see why when people were looking at a new king of the Jews who would be the Messiah to come, they were looking for someone who was a warlord. Because it, this prophecy right here says he's gonna, his scepter is going to crack the skulls of his enemies. And so you can see why the people were looking for somebody to come and lead like a big revolt here. So when you look at, your, at, at um, a destination, like you, to, to get to a destination, um, what will lead you there? What is the object of your vision? What is enlightening you to get you to where life is taking you? That's the question we need to kind of dig into today with our big idea. When you ask Jesus to help, when we ask Jesus to help us see life clearly, we experience the vision of hope. But it, we have to ask, I mean, it's, it's part of prayer. Again, you know, prayer is a big part of this thing, guys. When we ask Jesus, help me to understand uh, uh, clearly, help me to see clearly. That's when he begins to help us experience a vision of hope. Now, as we break down this story a little bit of the Magi, the wise men coming to visit Jesus, um, the first kind of part of this that stands out to me is that there's an unusual light. It's about an unusual light. And it's a, here's the thing about light. Darkness is the absence of light. That's, what, that's how you get darkness. All the light's gone. It's absence of light. But light is not the absence of darkness. Dark, light is the presence of itself. That's why this is so interesting that this star, this light, is such a, a big part of the story of these guys following to find Jesus. Because light is presence and darkness is absence. And I think it was, I just wondering, you know, is there any wonder why when we talk about life, when we start, we feel like empty or alone, we'll say stuff like, I'm going through a dark time, right? Because there's an emptiness that's there. And if we're empty, and if we're going through a dark time, what is that's missing? Light, right? So if, if light is what's missing, that's what we need to be looking for. And, and so as followers of this religion, probably, that, was, uh, that followed this, this poetic philosophy of a man, Zoaster, instead of a personal god, we would say, you know, the Magi... These wise men, they were actually kind of in the dark. They weren't following the, the God of creation. They were following the philosophy of a poet. They were a little bit in the dark here. 
They had knowledge of Torah, obviously, because they had they had read the, these Jewish scriptures, at least some of them. But they were in the dark, darkness of not actually knowing this king that they were seeking. They come asking, where is this king of the Jews uh, born? They didn't know this king, but they came seeking him. They didn't know his name. They didn't know exactly where he's supposed to be born. They didn't know him at all, but they were still seeking him. These Magi, they were intentionally uh, seeking a different light from the norm. They studied the stars as a way of life, a way of life, a way of religion, everything they did. They studied the stars. And so they didn't let their gaze just stop on the common lights of the sky because they had it mapped out. I mean, if this is a part of their life and their religion, they, they knew what the sky looked like. There was something new in the sky. There was something unusual that got their attention. This focus, this focused their attention on this light that was not ordinary. This was something different. It was, it was marvelous. It was this. It was like it's. I'm looking at the stars every night, going, "Okay, I'm finding my guidance." I'm thinking this, and whoa. I mean, that's kind of my my impression is there's something there that's not been there before. What in the? We got to follow this because remember that remember that scripture of that those Hebrew religion that said the stars going to rise. This is it. I mean, there's a new king going to be born. We have to go check this out. That's kind of how I perceive they must have been feeling because they focused their light on this light that was different. The light of Jesus brings is a different light than any other. The light that Jesus brings is different than any other light. There's lots of great philosophies. Every religion has something in it that's good, that, that gives light. But there's a light that Jesus brings that's different than any other light. The source of light that the Magi sought didn't come from this world it didn't come from according to kind of how we want to understand the story it's not that was just created with all the other stars that it was prepared for that moment flashback to jonah <laughs> there was there was a whale another whale a big fish prepared that wasn't a part of all the regular fish there was a plant prepared that wasn't part of the regular there was a worm prepared it was like god was providing and preparing something new for that moment this was something that would be for all of us the Messiah, a star, a new light that, that was going to point directly to Messiah. Unusual light. It's a perfect way to point to the Christ child, a star of unusual light. For Jesus is the true light of the entire world. He he's, he's includes everybody in his light. He says, I want all of you to come to me. It, I'm, I'm able to include all of you in the invitation. He says this of, of himself in John chapter 8, verse 12. I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't be stumbling through the darkness because you will have light that leads to life. And it's very interesting that these first you know, guys from a whole different world, a whole different religion, come following a light to find this Jesus. And Jesus, when he becomes an adult, he says about himself, I'm the light. I'm the light. So the Magi, they lived in a world desperate for hope. If you know anything about the ancient world that Jesus was born into, it was a world in need of hope. They, they looked at hunger and pain, despair all around them, darkness all around them, and they knew this world needed light. And so they followed this unusual light in hopes that it would, it would provide the promise that they thought it did. Because when light shines in your darkness, there's hope. There's where the hope comes in. 
I think we all have been in the darkness. We know what it means to have that, that kind of empty, alone feeling that we call, I'm in a dark time right now. But when the light shines in that darkness, there is hope. So the, the wise men, they, they sought an unusual and common light. What about you? What light are you seeking? Are you seeking the same sources of light that, that the world seeks today? Um, or are you looking for the unusual light, the uncommon source that Jesus alone brings? This light that you focus on leads you to a destination. That's an important thing to remember. The light you focus on leads you to a destination. Now for this, this part of the story, the, the wise men, the Magi, it was an unknown destination. There's an unknown destination. There was kind of like, kind of like a scavenger hunt, kind of like a scavenger hunt, right? Yeah. So I need a volunteer to come up and help me. So I'm going to ask, not Caleb, because you're taught Caleb, but, but I need you for the second volunteer. So I'll get. Um, how about you, Quentin? Come on up, Quentin. I bet Quentin because he's already got one of these hats on, so I know he doesn't worry about messing his hair up. So you can take yours off because this one might get messed up. So we're going to put this on here. You just make sure you get it down right there. All right. All right. Come on, uh, Caleb. Come on. I need it because Caleb's tall. He's going to help me out here. All right. Well, Caleb, what I want you to do, you guys come right, come right over here so, so we can be sure. You're going to take this, this duct tape, mm -hmm. and you're going to duct tape around his whole head. You're going to make his whole head a duct tape ball. Right here. Keep, don't dig dip. In, in, but I'll you're gonna do it. But cap. you're gonna do it sticky side out. So the sticky side is gonna be sticking out. Okay. okay? So we're gonna stick something on there. Mm, All okay. right. You ready? All right. Go ahead. Right. Tape him up. Uh, I don't know how we're gonna do this. We're gonna yeah. Do I, yeah. All right. So. Oh, Zach. Zach was with me. I was gonna get Zach to come do this. Once <laughs> right. you get the first one around, then it go faster. If anybody's just joining us on Facebook Live, this is part of church. <laughs> <laughs> don't leave. Don't go anywhere. Oh, wow. in there. All right, here we go. This is as weird for you as it See, is. See, a lot of times when, when I do something like this, I'll like get everybody ahead of time and practice it out so you make sure everything oh, works. No. But I didn't want to spoil the surprise because of yeah. having your head taped up in church. You need a little more. You need a little more. You need a little more. Stop it like that. You got that one there. All right. Now give it. Give another one going around here. Get another one. Should have had some music playing for this, like Jeopardy. Your helmet almost came off. I got you. Oh, leave it on. See, I'm not a designer, so this ain't perfect. Well, that's working pretty good. What do you think? You gotta come around one more time. One more time. There we go. I'm trying not to like rip it and I end up hitting your face. Oh. <laughs> All right, we got it? All right, Caleb, thank you, sir. All right, Quentin, here's, here's what's about to happen. I said I was talking about a scavenger hunt, right? You're like, what does this have to do with a scavenger hunt? 
Well, this is a tape head scavenger hunt. So up on the screen is going to come a countdown. It's going to give you one minute, and it's going to give a list of 10 items. So you can get multiple of those 10 items. It's stuff that will come up that everybody in this room may have on them or with them. So you're going to have one minute to get as many of these items as you can. Now, again, it looks like a, one of the items is a coin. You can have more than one coin on, on there. So if you, somebody has a coin, oh, I can't put nothing. Put another coin on there. Let's see what we can fill up on this with that thing. So, Christian, you got to put it up. Set to go. And it'll start going as soon as you... Go ahead. As soon as I pull up, I assume. Go. All right, go. you got one minute. You got one minute. Go for it. All right, you guys, find your fine stuff on the list. Get a, Get something on the list. And stick it to the hat. Oh, wait, that's crazy. I got chopsticks. There we go. <laughs> stick it on the hat. Make it stick. Make it stick. Hold on. Somebody got a key? I got, I got chopsticks. <laughs> Christian has a key. I have a key and a Sock! Ah! Uh, sock! Uh, piece of paper. You got 30 key. seconds. Keep oh, going. Wait, who got the pen? 30 seconds. Oh, pen. String. Got got All right, you got a candy. Come on. String note. <laughs> 10 seconds. What else can you put on there? It's a movie theater. Look on the floor. Pick up a piece of candy. All right, come up. Oh, okay. Here we go. Let's see what we got here. All right, we got. It's funny because I don't know what it looks we like. We got. I'm going. Like, I, yeah. Let's. You know what? Don't move around too much. Somebody, somebody get a picture. Somebody's get a picture. Come on. I can't. My phone is doing Facebook Live right now, so I can't get a picture. So get a good picture of this. <laughs> This is this is what we're gonna do. Even better, we're gonna take a video. Okay. Just turn around slowly. Yes. There we go. There we go. This is. Yes. All right. We got so we video. got it. We got the we got the bracelet. Bracelet just fell down. We got the bracelet. We got chapstick. Good job on that one. We got candy. Yeah, we got a key. That's funny. How a you pen. Know. A paper. A sock. Who gave up their sock? For that. <laughs> now, did you just have an extra sock with you, or is nah, that your you sock? Took sock off. Off. <laughs> just took a sock. Nice. Hey, what else we got? We see on this side. Turn this way. We got another pen, some more coins. Did we miss anything? Some some paper. Paper clip. Okay. Bracelet. I don't know where. Bracelet. We got the bracelet right here. So the only thing we missed was paper clip. Good job. You can you can return return people's items as so as needed. If you don't need your item back. Return my bees. <laughs> need that sock back for sure. <laughs> have you ever felt like you're on a scavenger hunt though with life like not just like on a real scavenger hunt but like in life like where your life was like man I know I'm supposed to get something but I don't know how to get it I might not even know exactly what it is I'm looking for it um, you had no idea like where you were headed because man Quentin he didn't know where to go he's like I don't know which way to go to get this stuff and, you know, how, how am I going to get this um like, life can be like a scavenger hunt, and you don't have any idea where to go or how to get what you need. So, the Magi, the, the wise men, they were moving forward in a direction towards the light of this star, even though they, did, they, they didn't have all the information, right? They just knew, here's a star, let's follow it. They didn't have all the information that they, that they may have needed about the final destination 
It hadn't been revealed to them yet. And yet they believed enough to go forward with it. So they were, they were familiar with Hebrew scripture. They, they didn't know where the Messiah was to be born, though, in Bethlehem. They didn't, they didn't catch that part of the Hebrew scripture because they're focused on the stars and the sky and all that stuff, the planets and how the planets align and these things. So they didn't catch that the Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem. But then again, neither did King Herod. Because King Herod really, he's not really that interested in the, the, the people that he's the king of anyway. He's, he's a company man. He's a, he works for the empire. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's in place to just kind of be the ruler underneath the real ruler. And so he just has no idea. So he called this meeting of the leading priests and the teachers of religious law, and he asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? Because he feels threatened. I mean, his position is in big trouble. If there is a new king of the Jews... He's going to be out of, out of power, out of power. And they said, according to the prophet Micah, the Messiah will be born in Bethlehem, which that's a whole other message right there. The Messiah, the bread of life, Bethlehem means house of bread. Man, that's so good. From the house of bread comes the bread of life. So good. But today we're looking at light. So sometimes you have to trust God with what you do know while you trust him for what you don't know. That's, what the, that's really what these wise men were doing. You have to trust God with what, you, with what you do know while you trust Him for what you don't know. You have to walk in the truth you know. You have to walk in the information you have. Trust in Him for what you don't have yet. There are times when that is what we have to do. The journey of it, that's where hope comes in. We have a hope that keeps us going forward on this journey for what we don't know yet. It's the hope that God has that message, that answer for us. But hope happens when we move toward the light. That's Jesus. Hope happens when we move toward Jesus. Hope happens when we act on the information that we have. We may not have all the information yet. We don't have it. I mean, I'm telling you. I tell all people all the time. I'm like, we're all, remember, we say this at Awaken all the time. No matter where you are on your spiritual journey, welcome home. You can belong here. None of us have arrived yet. I'm telling you, as your pastor, as the church planter, as the leader of leaders, because there are a bunch of leaders in this room, I, don't, I haven't arrived yet. I'm st I don't have it all figured out yet, but I, I go in what I do know. And I want you to move forward in what you do know. Act upon the information you have, and you trust God with what you know, and, and trust him to lead you into what you don't know. So the, the Magi continued forward daily. To an unknown destination with the light that had been revealed to them. This took the light, the little bit of light that had been revealed to them, and they moved forward with that. They aligned their plans, the plans of their journey, according to the guiding light, was there's a little bit of light of what they needed to know. So we have to do this daily, align our plans, align our journey, align our lives with the light, the guiding light, and that's Jesus. So it's called faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. We need to have that faith that continues to, to move us forward. Because faith and hope are about trusting Jesus for an unknown tomorrow. That's what faith and hope are all about. And it's not like a scavenger hunt either. We can trust him. He's, we're going we're gonna to get to the place he needs us to be. The true destination of our hope is the presence of Jesus. We go, where, where am I going? Where's my destination? The true destination is the presence of Jesus. Take that wherever you go, wherever you, and like, just seek Jesus, and he will.
take you to where you need to be. And in this hope, there's joy. And it's an uncontainable joy. These, these magi, these wise men, when they arrive there, there's a joy that comes. I just call it an uncontainable joy. I imagine they didn't show up and they were all like, oh, let's bow in respect to this child who's Christ. Because they found what they were looking for. I mean, I said their joy was uncontained. They're like, let's give him some presents. Gold, frankincense, myrrh. We'll talk more about what that stuff is. But it's like, that's, that's, that's excited and joyful that they found what they've been looking for. It's like Christmas through the eyes of a, like a really like a two-year-old. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I've seen it three, like three times specifically because I have three children who are now much older than two. And I just remember, like, it's beautiful. Like, the lights. And they're just like, wow. And you're right. There's a little a place we went when Christian was little, two years old, 20 years ago. And they had a Christmas train. And you're just sitting on this train like, wow. Can't even really say word much. Like, dad, dad, mama tree <laughs> nights you know and then there's present the brightly crap the the, the 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 wrapping paper on the presents under the tree you know it's a two-year-old they want to just tear the wrapping paper off and they're good because it's fun it's it's colorful it's it's you get to you know do something with it the present inside that's you know once they get three or four or five years old 22 years old then you like what's inside right but but, it's the, but when you're two years old it's like oh the paper is so pretty shiny there's a wonder this time of year brings for ch- for small children that they're, that just it's it's beautiful, and why do we have to lose that as we get older? We just seems it seems like that's the truth though. We we kind of lose the awe and the wonder. I I had it yesterday. I'm like getting ready. I'm like all right, I've already written this sermon. I'm gonna pull it out, read through it, and I'm like seems like it seems like I'm doing the same stories every year at Advent, and then it just hit me like, but this, but all of a sudden it just felt new. And it was like, oh, that's, that's the wonder of like understanding this for the first time. It's just a lot. I can't explain it. I'm a two-year-old, and I see these lights and shining things and beautiful wrapping paper, and I just, I know I like it. I know it's joyful. There's an uncontainable joy that comes with that. Is there anything that could be clouding your vision of joy during this season? Because I believe that this encounter with the, the, with Jesus for the Magi it's more than just curiosity I believe that they were drawn to Jesus because he's the life that brings hope it's what they were looking for this world needs hope this, this prophecy of a king is supposed to be born that's hope and the light calls us the light beckons us come, come, follow the light come into the light so the star stopped over the house where Jesus was the Christ child and that's where the Magi, they, they saw the star, and they were filled with joy. That's all I, I love that passage. It just kind of stands out. They saw the star, and they were filled with joy. They've been following this star for, I don't know, probably months. And they, but now, at this point, they understand, here's the house. Here's the Christ child. Here's this one we've been seeking. And at this moment, it says, they were filled with joy when they saw the star. It was uncontainable, unspeakable. It's a you know, joy unspeakable and full of glory. There's an old church song that says that. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. I think that's what they must have felt. And right here and right now, Jesus is the light that brings us uncontainable joy. That's, that's what he desires for us. Not to just go, here we go, another Christmas season. Oh, uh, no, but to, but to really experience this light that he has for us. He said he's the light of the world and and look at what one of his closest followers said about him. 
in John chapter 1, John writes about Jesus. Life itself was in him, and this light gives light to everyone. The light shines through the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. If for you, this has been a season of one of those dark times you've been talking about a little bit, like you've been through the dark. Maybe right now you're just kind of like, I'm kind of... I feel like I'm still in the darkness right now a little bit. I mean, I see light here and there, but I just feel, I still feel it, that darkness. Here's this good news for you. Jesus is the light. And the light shines out in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Never. Cannot extinguish it. And Jesus comes now, and he's here with us. He's still enlightening, still showing the way, still, still, still the truth, still the life. He is, as we read in that reading, Emmanuel. This word, this name that means God with us. That's the light. He is God with us. And there is great joy when you have your identity in this. When it comes to that, kind of how we started talking about identity, how it can lead to hopelessness and failure, can all be a part of identity. There's great joy when your identity is a child of God. I have an, an aunt, an you know, auntie, an aunt. We say aunt. We have an, I have an aunt, also AKA auntie. Uh, so everybody kind of knows what I'm talking about. Who at Thanksgiving sat down, and she's been a follower of Christ now for five or six years. Um, again, being my aunt, she's a bit older than I am. Um, so she's one of those people that um, actually, for a number of years, had a little card with three names on it. My auntie was on that name, was one of those names on that list for a long time. Five or six years ago, she got her, gave her life to Christ, got involved in church, actually very involved in church. And at Thanksgiving, she sat down, and for the first time ever, really, I mean, we've talked about Jesus and church and stuff a little bit here and there, but you don't have a lot of time when all the family's around. She just sat down. First, she said, how's things going with your church, your church plan? Because I pray for you every day. I, said, I told her just a little bit, like, oh, you know, I told her about how it's going. You know, I'm, it was encouraging. It's, it's challenging, encouraging. I got some awesome, awesome people that are part of this. And then she's like, so she just goes and just starts talking about Jesus. Lord, have mercy this woman loves Jesus. And I'm like, my heart just started pounding because I'm like, man, I used to pray because she was far from God, y'all. You know what I'm saying? You ever have an auntie who's far from God? I mean, she was. She'll tell you she was. She loves Jesus so much. This light just gave her this uncontainable joy that was just coming through because her, her identity now is a child of God. That's it. We even talked about it. She's like, I, I like, what you're talking about is you haven't just added Jesus to your life or tried to add church to your life. You've become a child of God where Jesus is your life. She's like, that's exactly it. And it was awesome. In John chapter 1, he goes on and says, But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn. This is not a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan. This rebirth comes from God. See, we have a great hope because we have a rebirth. And the rebirth is because Jesus conquered death. That's the real good news. That's where the great, great hope comes from is that Jesus has conquered death death. This means that he won the victory over all the ways death would have a hold on us. All the, all the ways it would be death and grief and sadness and loneliness and darkness. Death is not the end. And Jesus lights the way to eternal life. And Jesus has brought joy to the world. 
<laughs> and when he opens your eyes, you begin to really see and experience the vision of hope. Psalm 71, 14 says, As for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. That psalm is my, my uh, prayer for today, and I pray it would be yours as well. For me, I will always have hope, and I will praise you more and more. So what captures your gaze? What captures your attention? Where is your vision focused? And ask yourself, am I seeking you know, enlightenment like the, the world and all those places that we mentioned earlier? Or am I seeking mine from the light of the world? Because that's where the true light will come from. And what's my next step? What is your next step? I would say a great way to begin this Advent season, to begin your Christmas season, is to help someone see hope by doing something small to bless them. How do I experience hope? How do I experience the light? You do something for somebody else. That's how it works. Do so, and I mean, it doesn't have to be some big huge thing that costs a lot of money. Now, you can do that if that's you're so able to, and that was what you're directed to do. But I'm suggesting the next step could be, what is a small thing that you could do this week that would just bring somebody hope? Be on the lookout for that. Lord, we love you. We thank you that you are our hope. You are our light. You are our salvation. And Lord, this morning, we know that uh, there are many in our in our in our community, maybe even in the house, maybe even watching the on online right now, Lord, who are in the, in this, a dark time or in a dark place, and Lord, our prayer is that Your light would just shine in a way that just makes that 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 darkness flee and run. That you that the darkness cannot overcome it. That the light extinguishes the darkness. And Jesus, You are that light. And so we pray that right now, Lord, that Your light would shine. And Lord, if there's any of us here who like looking for our next step, and we haven't, we haven't said yes to you yet. We haven't started following. We haven't let your light shine in our lives yet. Lord, that would be the first thing we do. Our first next step is to say, Jesus, be my light. Be my light. Save me. I want to be this child of God. And then, Lord, lead us to those who need a little light, who need a little hope, who need a little smile in the checkout line, who need a little thank you, who need a smile, who need eye contact. Maybe for some, maybe we just need to put our phone down for an hour and talk to somebody this week. Or lead us to that next step that you have for us so that you'll receive glory and we'll receive hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church. Or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.